You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, it's hard to manufacture energy uh, to start a show after Craig just completely sucked the wind out of all of our sails with his awful story, but we'll leave that one off air. Episode 206. What's up, Banner? We are excited to see you this week. Yeah, I'm excited. It's been a long time. Um, when are you coming I've in? I've been back. Coming in the morning. So taking a 6 a.m. flight on Thursday. and So, yeah, I'm excited to see, um, obviously, Millsy and then the rest of the crew, whoever shows up. But you know what I'm more excited about? No, I shouldn't say more, but just as excited. Just going to drink and then, you know, seeing George and Willie and Bobby and maybe T-Mac will show up. You know, those are guys you spend a lot of time with. And um, those guys always, you know, keep kicking around and stuff. So it'll be nice to give them a big hug and catch up a little bit. Have you seen or heard a li- of a list of guys that are coming to town? Nope. Nope. I just know uh, I'm on the same flight, I believe, with uh, staff and Leopold out of oh, many here. Get out of here. So that's, that's I think that's it. what, uh, you know, we were on, um, you know, 97 Rock this morning and they asked us, you know, who who's going to be there? And I said, to be, to be honest with you, I, I don't know who's going to be there. And to me, that's the most exciting part because I don't want to know who's going to be there. I want to, I want to walk in and just see all the boys and just be like, I haven't talked to many of these guys in in over a decade. And, and I think that's the greatest part. Like you talked about the training staff, T-Mac and, and George and Willie and all those guys that we were with, you know, those guys mean so much to us and, and the players that we played with here, you know, it was, that's to me, what I'm most excited about is just seeing all the boys that we haven't talked to in so long. It is. It's going to be great. And it's like, you know, and that, that's the great part about the game of hockey. I mean, I mean, you, you don't see a guy for 10 years, 12 years, and you'll see him. And within minutes, you're back to chirping each other and, uh, you know, checking in on how the family is. But then it's back to almost hockey talk and then sets you right back in that mindset. So, well, when, uh, when we were playing, it's going to be a fun night. When we were playing, you know, we would hear alumni talk about other alumni like that in other sports too, not just hockey or not just Sabres alumni. I mean, it, that was kind of the common theme. And then you never really understood it because you weren't retired and you weren't an alumni yet, right? So you hadn't yeah. gone these long stints of time without seeing one another. But, oh my God, it's so true. I mean, it's just you instantly go back to not being a kid again, but just 
just remembering how much fun hockey could be could be you know what i mean like it was or was right? it was yeah, it you was. know even even when we were going through tough situations there's no place i would rather be than be at the hockey rink with the training staff and all of the guys even Speak the for even yourself the, there's a few days i went to stay at home i'm not gonna lie <laughs> Yeah, because we were watching Thomas Vanek uh, <laughs> highlight videos uh, from the night before. No, but you're right. It is. It's you know, I, and I, and I wish I could, especially the Sabers. They do a good job with their alumni, and I wish I could come back more often. But you know, with with my boys, with with how active they are with hockey and baseball, it's sometimes you know, obviously not sometimes, but the, those things are more important to me right now. That's one of the main reasons uh, I quit playing. This is so I can see them grow up and be around them. Anyway, I know guys are, are guys are looking forward to seeing you. I know the fans are probably going to be really excited to see you as well. No, no booze though, Van. Don't worry about the booze. No, though. it's going to be it's going to be a great night. I can't wait. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sure the crowd will be electric. You know, to um, sold out. Not a celebrate. not a seat available. Awesome. Yeah, that's how it should be. It's you know, it's a night for Millsy. That <clears throat> who knows um, what, what he'll say if he's he'll probably text it on the jumbotron because we all know how <laughs> awkward he is talking, but. Uh, no, he'll do a great job, but, uh, yeah, can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Here, here's something. So yesterday, uh, a few of us went down and, and did a piece with channel four talking about Ryan. And, you know, the, the one thing I, the one thing I said yesterday that I, I, I truly meant was I, I, I'm not surprised by this. I'm not surprised that his numbers being retired, but the performance that he put on, on the ice and what he did off the ice i'm not at all surprised or shocked or phased that his numbers being retired oh 100 i mean he, he again i mean we, we we as a team failed you know to to bring a stanley cup to the city that's something i think that's going to eat at us the rest of our life but at the same time again what he accomplished you know winning the vezina and then the the charities and then just the person he was and how he represented the, the city, the Olympics, oh, I think has a big the, part, yeah. big part in that as well. So I think, um, deserved and, uh, it's going to be an awesome night. But let me ask you something, Thomas, in 0506 and 0607, in your opinion, mm -hmm. why did we fall short? Well, I think one year it was injuries and then, and the other, I, I don't know if we, you know, you can fall, fall short. You can, you can do say many things you know i think milsey played a ton of games in the regular season too but i don't know i mean sometimes you need a little luck you got a luck healthy it's it's to me the stanley cup is not always won by the best team i think certainly the last few years that's proved me wrong i think tampa has been the best team colorado has been the best team but even those series they could have went some of it the other way and you know and then that's the way it goes i think you got to stay healthy and then get a little lucky too and it all comes down to amazing goaltending. I think whoever makes the the most saves, and then Ryan was always there for us, but we did didn't get it done. That's a he was that. he was the backbone. Yeah, we all and we all knew it each and every night when we went out to play, and he was in the nets. We knew whether we were playing the number one team in the league that we had a chance to win when Ryan was in net. What well, that's like the way it was. Right. And you compare it to the NFL. I mean, you need quarterbacks, right? Usually the best team with the best quarterback or the quarterback who gets the hottest, they, they win. And I think in hockey, it's very similar. I think maybe Colorado is a little bit of an outlier. I just mentioned them with, with Kemper. Kemper, to me, is a really good goalie. I don't think he's one of the elites. You know, you look back at those Tampa teams and Vasilevsky is the best goaltender. They have great players, for sure. But without Vasilevsky, I don't think they win. He might be one. Of, he might be the best modern day era goalie ever. I I, I think there's no one better. I mean, I mean, I'm that sorry, size, the way Gary he can Price, move. Any of these other guys, name them. I think Vasilevsky is without question the best goalie in the last what twenty years. Bryson's. When's Marty the last Kudera? time Vasilevsky has played on a um, a team oh. that has struggled, a poor team? Here we go. 
one it's 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 a it's a fairly easy question. Go look at his shutout percentages in game sevens or something, or in elimination games. Exactly. <laughs> Playing on one of the number one teams in the league. No, I don't know. We're, the we're stat. not talking are, about Are they uh, number one defensively? I know offensively they're absolutely amazing, but def- but defensively, are they one of the best teams in the league? Yes. Okay. Victor Hedman, Sergachev, McDonough. They had vet. Trin, they they brought in Shen, they brought in Zach Bogosian playing as like a sixth defenseman. Like he is a really, really good defenseman. They have Searneck. I mean, they were stacked, Petey. They were absolutely stacked with the six guys that were in front of him each and every night. I and do also recall him having to make some amazing saves, though. I'm, every goaltender does. Every single goaltender does. But it's but it's the it it's the regularity and and the opportunity. That, you know, I, I believe like I just go back and I, and I look at Robin Leonard and Robin Leonard, everybody was not happy with Robin Leonard when he was here. He struggled. He was not, you know, people looked at him and saying, you know, he's not a good goaltender. We need somebody new. He leaves, goes to the Islanders and he's the number one goaltender in the league for save percentage and goals against average. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, that's just because he's on the Islanders. Then all of a sudden you have a guy who we deemed, you know, someone who we didn't want to pay. We didn't think he was good enough. He didn't deserve the money. And that was Linus Allmark. Linus Allmark leaves. And now all of a sudden, Linus Allmark is the number one goaltender in the league behind Boston, who is the best team in the league. So I look at Vasilevsky and I say, listen, I am not going to sit here and put Vasilevsky's skill set down. I think he is absolutely one of the best, but he has also been on one of the best teams since he's come into this league as a first round draft pick. And I would like to know what Vasilevsky in your mind, what he would be like if he was playing on the Arizona Coyotes every single night. I think I don't think Coyotes would be a, a, a lot better. A lot just better, with, just with Vasilevsky in the net. I would okay. agree. I mean, I, I completely understand your point, Griffs, with the the team that he has and surrounds him with the defense. Those are world class players. But I'm just talking strictly goaltending, right? I mean, the saves he makes, the demeanor he has, the way he plays the game, his size, how quick he is. I mean, sometimes those are not easy. I mean, you you, you can talk to Millsy or any goaltender, right? I mean, when you Sometimes phase 16 to 20 shots. You got to be really good and really sharp. Sometimes it's easier in playing on those teams, getting a ton of shots and you're in Yeah, the getting group. 35 shots a game instead of 16 is right. probably easier because you're in the game. <clears throat> right. But I do believe you put Vasilevsky even on a team like Buffalo. Not that um, UPL isn't playing good hockey, but he's nowhere near Vasilevsky right now. I think some of those games at the loose, they probably win. They, I mean, a goaltender like Vasilevsky in Buffalo right now, I think they would have six, seven, eight more wins. They don't lose yeah. eight in a row. They might only lose four. That's yeah. eight points right there. Yeah. They might win exactly. one of those those games against Pittsburgh where they had the back to back game against them. You know, they might. There's a couple one goal games where I could look and say goaltender might here might have right. saved you. You know what I mean? Yep. I just counted. I think maybe what twelve points that a goaltender like Vasilevsky could steal you. Where and does that put point, a team like Buffalo in in the standings? Exactly, and and and. At the same time, I think a goaltender like Vasilevsky makes the defense look better as well because they can they can gap up better. They can be more aggressive. I mean, I, I saw that firsthand when I got traded to Montreal and I joined Gio's team when he was the captain. We weren't a great team. We were a good team. We had some skill. We had some, you know, some grit. But, man, when Carey Price, he was as hot as ever. That's the year, was it 2014? They won yeah. the gold medal. I mean, he was just out of his mind. And that defense, you know, Subban, Georges, uh, Markov, all good, really good players. But, man, could they really play the way they could and aggressive and step up because they knew they had a goaltender like Harry Price to cover them. You can play defense a lot more aggressive when you trust your goaltender. Well, we all know how the attitude changes when the backup start, is getting a start after a mm-hmm. few weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. The well, game I mean, plan, it's... the game plan is a tad bit different. <laughs> well, it, it, it changed the series for us. I mean, we went to the, you know, conference final and Chris Kreider runs Carey Price over. And now we're playing Dustin Tokarski game starting in game two. 
And that's that was the game changer. I mean, and Carey Price stays in the net. Who knows what might happen? That's an interesting but, uh, point. That's an interesting anyways, point. what do you guys think about uh, the Matt Boldy deal? I know we there's a little little group chat going on, and you guys seem very surprised at the number. Well, you're the mini guy, yeah. so it's it's great that we have you on. And and there's actually a a, a a comparison that we need to get into, or maybe not even a comparison, but we're talking seven million for seven years for Matt Boldy, mm-hmm. who has what? What's he have right now? Twenty nine points. 29 have, points. Yep. 29 yep. points in what? 40, 42 games? Uh, I think he's in the 30s. Uh, in the 30s? No, he has 42 games, 12 goals, 29 points. Okay. Seven for seven, Van. You see this guy. What's what's yeah. he all about? I think it's a great deal. I think for, for people, again, who are like you guys in Buffalo and probably don't get to see Matt Boldy a ton, I think he's... He's an elite level skater. His vision, his hockey IQ. That, that he's only going to get better in this league. Is he, is, you know, so called? Is he going to be overpaid starting next year, making seven million? Maybe, probably. But I think you know, year three, four, five, and six, and seven, when the cap, like we talked about in the past, is up ten, twelve million dollars. Now you're going to look at Matt Boldy at seven million and be like, "Wow, what a great deal that was!" And again, you, you do have to think the. The Wild are very cap-strapped with the Suter and Parisi buyout. They don't have a legit, in my opinion, they don't have a legit second-line centerman. So he carries that line as a winger. I mean, he, he doesn't have a centerman. You put him with a legit, you know, a Tage Thompson or something, he doesn't have 30 points. He's got 60 points right now. That's a, that's something I think that Bill Guerin identifies and sees, okay, this, this kid only has 30 points. But he doesn't have a legit center, in my opinion. I'm sure he thinks the same way. That's why he signed him to this deal. Okay, so, so, it's not, so you can't always judge every player by points, right? And and GMs do this. I mean, these kids now get, you know, I shouldn't say kids. I did the same thing, but uh, get the second year deal. There's no more bridge contracts. It's a long contract, and you, you project. And I think it was a great projection. Well, so what you're saying is basically they want to try to have a player under a contract that where he might be exceeding the value of the contract in a few years. That was kind of our conversation with Tage Thompson this year too, was, you know, is it too soon? How is it going to pan out? And we've seen how that's gone, Mm -hmm. but this, this is more to do with Buffalo than I think we realize because now we're looking at Dylan cousins here in Buffalo. Correct. And if Matt Boldy is getting, and Craig and I were kind of talking about this off the air this morning, if Matt Boldy is getting seven for seven mm-hmm. right now with his statistics the way they are, mm-hmm. the hell is Dylan Cousins going to get? Same thing. Well, Dylan Cousins is uh, he's he's where Matt Boldy has twelve goals and um, twenty nine points in forty two games. Dylan Cousins is sitting right now with. Um, I think it's 15 goals and 40 points in 42 games playing exceptionally well. There's that, uh, there's my saying right there, boys. I thought I'd throw that out there today. Um, But uh, Dylan's played well. He's played well and he's played with uh, two young bucks. You could talk about, you're talking about Matt Boldy. If you were to play with this guy or that guy, he would be better. Well, you have Dylan cousins who for the large part of this year has played with two young guys in, um, in JJ Paterka and, and Jack Quinn. And uh, he solidified himself on a number one power play. Um, they use him as a penalty killer. And I think the upside on, on Dylan cousins is, is, uh, is very high. So it's going to be interesting because the, the word on the street before the season is that uh, Dylan cousins was looking for around $6 million a year. And with what he's done right now and his performance up to this date, halfway into the season, if you look at the players that are in his category, and I can name you a number of them, they're all sitting, um, you know, anywhere from the the low end at $7.35 million all the way up to $8.35 million. Well, I think about, I mean, uh, for for Kevin Adams, I mean, he just signed Tage Thompson for what seven point one for seven. 
So yeah. I think I think you're looking right at that six and a half to eight range, somewhere in there, depending on years. I would can say. Cousins make more than Tage Thompson, in your opinion? Ben? He's gonna have to. Well, can he? For sure he can. He just has to sign a bigger deal. Well, okay, Should okay, he? okay, okay. That, you know what? You're such a dick, man, because you, exactly, you, exactly, you knew exactly what I was saying, but instead you chose to be the dick. No, you know exactly uh, what I mean. I know exactly what I mean, what you mean, but I, I think this Matt Boldy contract is a great contract for, for Dylan Cousins. I mean, he's, he's, what, 20, 21 years old? They were drafted like, the same year. Same so, year. So Cousins yeah. was number eight or seven, and Boldy was number 12. Yeah. So here are their career statistics, <laughs> if you guys want to compare. Uh, Riv, I know you probably get the pen and paper out here. Matt Boldy, 89 NHL games, 27 goals, 41 assists, 68 points. Dylan Cousins, 162 games, 31 goals, 60 assists, 91 points. They're not that different. Well, actually, I mean, if, if you look actually, at Boldy, you say it, Boldy is ahead of them. Yeah. Way ahead I, of them. Yeah. 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 So, again, but you, you can't judge these players, which is easy for fans, right, to be like, oh, he's got this many points and this many points. I understand those are comparables you, you take to arbitration and stuff. But a G, GM has to realize what does the kid bring to the table? What am I willing to pay him? And I think a, a seven for seven. I mean, I is that? Too, I think it's too little. I think. I think thinking of uh, thinking of Dylan Cousins. That's and here's here's the hard thing about being a GM in this league. It's you you know you're you're signing more contracts to younger players that ultimately have not really proven themselves to mm -hmm. earn what you're going to sign them to, and. Dylan Cousins at $6 million at the start of the year, at the start of this year, going into his third year in the league. There's not a chance in hell. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I would have ever have signed him to $6 million a year contract. Now, 42 games later, $6 million would be an absolute steal. For Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins has comparables in this league that are the same age or maybe a couple years older that are that are right in the same thing. I'll name you a few. You have Jordan Cairo from St. Louis and Robert Thomas from St. Louis. Both had 75 and 77 points consecutive. They signed an eight-year deal for um 65 million dollars that's 8.25 million dollars those are two guys that are 23 and 24 years old okay you also have matt boldy signs a seven-year deal for 7 million 49 million we already know about him you have josh norris from ottawa he signs an eight-year deal for 7.95 million dollars and he he scored 35 goals last year okay he's 23 years old you have tim stitzel from ottawa He's 21 years old, eight-year deal. He makes $8.35 million a year, okay? You can go beyond that and look at guys like Elias Pettersson from Vancouver. You can look at Jack Hughes, just signed an eight-year deal for $8 million. You can look at Nico Heischer, who's 24 years old, okay? Who's making $7.35 oh, make it stop. You Say can go something. you can go with Clayton <laughs> Keller from Arizona who signed a 7-year deal for 7.35 million dollars a few years ago. Dylan Cousins is in a market where his low number, the low number is 7 million dollars. Because if you think that Dylan Cousins, if you think that you're looking at Dylan Cousins and seeing the best, then you are crazy. This kid is 21. He is a kid. What he's going to be like when he's 23, 24, 25 is going to be completely different than what we're seeing right now. 
then 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 the kid should take a bridge deal. If I'm Kevin Adams, I'm saying seven to seven, you're 21 years old. I think that's pretty. I mean, the agent might want more, the player might want more, but sitting on a seven-year deal that's worth 49 million and you're 21, that's gonna be tough to turn down. Fuck it, give him the eighth year. I'll give him well, I mean, the the eighth year you don't want, right? Because you just don't want it because you can hit free agency a year sooner. That's that's again, that's would Kevin give him or any eight or any GM give him the, the extra eight years for sure. But you know, that's that's the same thing with with Boldy. I mean, there's a reason, you know, he didn't but take that'll that take him year. that'll take him to 30 because he turns 22 on February 9th. So eight year. I would yeah, sign a I would sign a six year deal if I was Dylan Cousins. That would be the ultimate. If that was Dylan and, Cousins, but what yeah. does a team have to do yeah, but to get him to sign a, a a lower cap hit for longer term, like an eight year deal? What do you, what you just would say he would say no to that? Well, I think yes. the agent would push against it. You know, the yeah. agent says, "Okay, hey, we're, you're signing we're eight, eight years. You're looking seven. for eight million dollars. Exactly. You, you, you then then we want more, but." What Kevin, you know, we've talked about this, but what the Sabres have to realize, I mean, they got a ways to go to not be competitive, but to get take that extra level, in my opinion. But you got Deline coming up. He's going to make more. We've talked about this. Like, you, you still, he still got did have the bridge deal, right? He did, he did take have, the three-year bridge deal. He did deal. take the bridge. That's, that's, that's the thing, right? If you're cousins, do you want the three-year deal at 5.5, 6, whatever that looks like? Or do you want... A guaranteed forty nine at seven times seven. That's that's not an easy decision and looks pretty. If I was Dylan Cousins, daunting. and what I've seen from this young man, Dude, you I would not be signing. What are you talking about? I would not be signing what? a long term deal unless I am maximizing my number. Bullshit. Because no, but I, that's, bullshit. That's, what I'm not saying you're bullshit. Talking like what you're agent. saying, I'm just saying bullshit to what you're saying. But but what I don't understand, Rivs, is is forty games ago you weren't willing to give him six million. That's right. You're right. You're, <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely under, right. That, and just that, like that. one year ago, I wasn't willing to give Tage Thompson. You know, uh, you know, I thought he was overpaid at one four when they signed <laughs> when he signed a long when he signed a three year deal at one four. I'm like, what the fuck are these guys doing? They gave him one point four million dollars guaranteed for three years, and the guys scored no more than eight goals. One four is like, I mean, and it's what amazing is, what one calendar year does to your now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, we got to sign this guy to $7 million immediately. They do it. And now all of a sudden you're looking at this guy going, thank God we signed him to $7 million because he's worth 11 and a half. 1.4 though is, is laughable, right? I mean, what does, what does a guy like Hinnestroza make on the Sabres? I think one seven, seven or one eight. Yeah. I mean that that's like one but four. I, but again, now, I understand. Paige Thompson I, I, two years ago was no better than Vinny Hanastroza in yeah. the, in in the lineup, right? But you but know he where is, he's better at? That he's six seven and he's got skill and can skate. Eventually, he's he's gonna bring something to the table. You would hope, right? I mean, that well, I is think, a, that that's that's an upside that ninety percent of the players don't have. You're that well, size. How many how many players, way. Vanner? in your time that you had played with or played against that um, had all of the tools. Like, I mean, they had the size, they had the strength um, off the ice. They're in the gym and they're lifting like, Oh my God, this guy is an absolute genetic freak. You're in practice and you're watching this player going, he should have a hundred points every year and then all of a sudden he plays his season and he ends with 11 goals and 30 points and you're sitting there going how how is it possible that this guy has all of the skills and the in the toolbox but isn't able to produce at an nhl level how many guys you played with like that a ton yeah a ton of guys but there's uh, but yeah i mean what what but it's different, right? Because you see guys in summer hockey where there's no, the hockey IQ, you don't need it. I mean, you put any NHL player in a summer hockey setting, you're like, man, he's got good hands because there's time and space. But then you go into a real battle drill and then you have to, that's where hockey IQ has to set in and you got to think a step or two ahead. And that that's something you can't teach. And I, I still, I'm a big believer of this. I mean, I coach my own kids and I see it each and every day. I think it's something you can improve, 
but it's not something you can teach like some guys have it. Some guys just they're born with it. And I may I maybe I'm wrong, but can you teach hockey IQ? To a certain extent, it's yeah. like anything else. It's like, you know, you have, you know, you grow up. Okay. And all of a sudden you're, you're, you're sending your, your child, your kid to a power skating coach and a figure skating coach. And you put uh, an, an, a crazy amount of money into all the stride work and edge work and this and that. People and then do all that? of a sudden, and then all of a sudden you have this <laughs> other kid that your kid plays against that has not done anything. Like, I mean, has not done a clinic, doesn't do anything. And he's flying down the ice past your kid that you've spent an ungodly amount of money on to, to make the kid better. And that's where, it's genetics for some kids. Genetically, some kids are just genetically gifted players. I yep. mean, look at Darlene. I mean, the way he skates, the what, what what he can do on his edges and something. There's no. I mean, some of the stuff he does. Yeah, but you guys, you guys were talking about uh, hockey IQ, Van, and you asked. But it's my asked, same point. Is is you can still play in the NHL and not, I mean, I couldn't skate like that. I mean, I see some of these guys opening their hips and it hurts me watching it on TV. Even when I played, I'm like, what, what, but that's a talent. It's not that I didn't go to power skating class or this because my dad never put me into something. There's no way I could have taught myself that. I just didn't have that ability to do those things. And that's the same well, thing. That's with my, hockey my, IQ. my point. That's my point. Like there's kids that will train skating but never really be an elite skater. And I think that there's kids that you can train hockey IQ and play at a high level and be in all this, but you, re you, you don't really understand hockey IQ until you're at the highest level. And, and then you, then you need to figure out, can you compute the information at a quick pace? It's like having a computer. Do you have like a slow computer or do you have a, a fast computer that will compute the information? I think every, I think not every player, but I think a lot of players can follow the instruction of the coach and be able to read and react and to, to plays. But then there are those guys that have that different, different level of that, that are, that are, that think the game so much faster or ahead of the play and more advanced. And a great example for, of that for me is a guy like Sam Reinhardt. You know, when he, what he lacks in his speed. And his agility, which he's a sneaky, he's a sneaky good skater, but he's not like your lightning speed, but he's so fast mentally and is ahead of where the puck is going that it allows him to make these plays that are, that are unbelievable. You know, I mean, that's, that's my example of hockey IQ at like the highest level being utilized. Fair? Oh, hundred percent. But you know, again, does this whole thing start with Tage and I have no idea. It would be fun to have you guys have him on or somebody an interview. What what clicked? What was it for him? Was it that it took him until he was 24 to you know grow into his six seven frame? Was it just confidence? Or I just want to say just confidence because that that to me is 90% of your game is confidence. Someone like Donnie Granado believing in him, but I I mean I'm hard pressed to say that the other coaches didn't really believe in him. I mean, how can you not believe in a guy who's got that size and that ability or like what clicked for him to go from being average or what I could even say below average to last year, really good to this year being a dominant top five player in the league. Am I crazy by saying top five? I don't think so. The way he's playing. You, you watch a Sabres like I've, game. I've never seen anything like it, to be honest. I mean, you, I mean, Riff's touched on it. You see guys with high-end skill and then this, and then they end up with 10 goals. Sometimes it's the role they're put in or, or like, okay, I get it. He doesn't process it. But none of those guys ever turn out being a 40-point or 40-goal, 90-point guys. They, they always kind of yeah. stayed exactly where they were. This kid just took a jump that I've never, at least that I can't think of an example that I ever played with or against where I'm like, Huge did, did, did he train in Russia for a summer and all of a sudden he's squatting 500 pounds and he's one of the best players in the league? I it's it's I might have to ask him when I get there on Thursday. <laughs> you still pull him aside and say what happened? But what did about you go to Moscow last summer? Couldn't it just be 
playing free. I mean, Thomas, you had to perform with the weight of a coach over top of you and the, the fear of video every other day. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it was, I mean, I had Ralph Kruger. I know Ralph a little bit and I know it didn't pan out for him. He's an unbelievable man, motivator. I'm hard pressed to see. And I, I think Tage played under him. Did he not? Yes. Injured that one yes, year yep. for the whole year. Okay. But, but a little bit, I'm hard pressed to, to see that, that Ralph Kruger was really hard on anyone. I don't think that's his MO. Like, if anything, he, he's he's the guy who said, go out and play loose and then have fun, enjoy it, play hard, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. You know, it's it's not like Tage played his early years under a, a John Tortorella or somebody like that. I guess that's where it comes down to having coaches, different coaches that have different philosophies, how they, how they deal with you. Um, mm-hmm. Under Ralph Kruger, he might be a great motivator and a great speaker and a, and a great person, okay? But he very clearly made some decisions that were not beneficial for the team. You have a $9 million player in Jeff Skinner that was either a healthy scratch or playing on the fourth line. Okay. And you know, Vanner, listen, mm-hmm. I mean, you scored 43 goals and 42 goals and 38 goals and all these goals, goals, goals. Let me tell you something. If you played on the fourth line, you'd be lucky to get five. If you didn't have an opportunity on the forward or on the power play, if you were playing sparing shifts throughout a game, the reality is you would struggle producing. Okay. So Jeff Skinner got put in a position that was not beneficial for him or the team. You had Darlene, Yoki Haru, um, Middlestat wasn't even in the lineup. I mean, there were so many players that really struggled over Ralph Kruger. And what's amazing about it is when Don Granato took over and, and understood that the environment was completely broken and the players were broken, how he changed, not their skills level, not their skill level. He didn't make them better skaters or he didn't make them more skilled. He basically changed their mindset. Okay. And, and you saw players start to flourish under Don Granato. And not only have they flourished, you know, two years ago, they're continuing to flourish now. And that's and that's just a coach and his philosophy and how he speaks to his players in this in this particular situation, right? Right. I mean, obviously, that's. It, but again, I'm still amazed by it. I mean, the 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 the, the jump is is incredible. It's it's actually it's fun to watch. Let's uh, let's jump out west for a minute here, unless Craig, there's anything more Buffalo Sabers related. I don't think no, we ever came came to a final number on Dylan Cousins' contract. What's that, Thomas? No, final number is seven for seven. Okay. Were you we about to that, say something else there? I was just going to say, I mean, from last Tuesday to this Tuesday, I mean, Sabres, what, finally won one in Nashville the other night? So, I mean, a week ago we said, right, the next three weeks are really crucial to stay in that hunt. And now slowly, you know, you go from being four points away in games in hand, now you're six points away with maybe one game in hand. So it's 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 really tightening. I think, you know, the next two weeks are, are going to be a big sign of, can you even make a move like we talked about at the deadline or you tempt 12 points out where a move at the deadline is not going to do anything. I think I, I think I move off the stance. I, th- I move away from the stance of making a move when they start to lose. Because if at, at some point in time, you have to make a move to understand that, I really feel comfortable with our team and our maturity and our everything. And then secondly, you have to make a decision on, I just think our team's not ready. They're still too green for us to make a move and give up assets and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And right now you, you look at the Sabres and yes, they're an exciting team and yes, they were doing really, really well. Um, you know, two weeks ago. And now since then, they seem to have faltered a bit. Their consistency has fallen a little bit. And, you know, they've, where they were in a really good situation, playoff wise and feeling good about themselves. It's amazing what a week and a half will do, <laughs> right? It's a week and a half. And well, now you were it's on like, here a week ago. They've played four games since then. 
Exactly. That's you what came I'm on here about. last Tuesday morning. Seattle was in town. There was a four three loss. Mm-hmm. Then Thomas, you no, commented no, no, on no, Winnipeg. Philadelphia. No, 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 because Thomas was on Tuesday. Yeah, they had okay. just lost to Philly the night before. Yep. Seattle, they lost to Winnipeg. They beat Nashville, and then they lost to Florida yesterday. Florida. They're in Chicago tonight. Right. right. You know, I just look at that Philly game and I'm like, you know, really good teams that are in the direction of making the playoffs or taking advantage of beating teams like Philly. That's just the way it is. You need to beat Philly at home. They lose four nothing. They throw up a stink bomb. And it's like you crumple that one up and you throw it no, away. No, you can't you afford to crumple it. it up and throw it away. That's the thing. Those are the okay. games that you have to win this year if you're I know. serious about I, making the playoffs. My my but but the top teams in the league have dropped games like that. Okay. It's getting back in the horse and, and going in the right direction. They end up losing to the Kraken. Now, all of a sudden, what happens? What happens in Saberland when you lose the second game? What's the first thing that comes to your mind watching the Kraken beat the Sabres to get, and now that's two losses. I got it. What, what, here we go again. Here we go again. Fire the coach. Oh, no. No, 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 no. fire the coach. Frank no Lincoln shitting back. on Tage Thompson. No shitting on Darlene. No, all, Frank, I'm all only kidding saying, with you. I'm only all kidding. All you're saying is here we go again. Here we go again. You follow into the next game. Winnipeg. Boom. Another one. Now, all of a sudden, everybody just went from we're making the playoffs make trades, make this team better because we're going to make a freaking run. Now, all of a sudden, everyone's like, yeah, we're not making the playoffs. This team's not ready because they're not consistent. You need to be consistent. All the teams that are in playoff spots are the most consistent, well-rounded teams in the league. And that's why they're in the position that they're in, right? So, I. But you can look at it the way you're looking at it because they're not ready to win. But I can also make a good argument of saying, this team is really close. Why wasn't there a move made, you know, and and over Christmas to improve this team and give them a better chance to, you know, get better consistency? So it, is it you can look at it both ways. Oh, we we our guys played. Now we know where we are. We'll make some move this summer. But you can also look back and say, well, that was almost not a last year because we found out a lot about some guys, but we didn't make moves to improve them and give them the best chance. That's the only thing that I'm saying, because when I was talking about making moves, you, moves at the deadline are for the top teams to improve and make a run. Teams for the Sabres have to make moves in Christmas, you know, December, over that Christmas break to solidify, to even make a run. And I don't think they did that. Was there anything available? I have no fucking idea. So that's, I can't sit here and be like, they failed on that part or Kevin failed. I'm sure he's calling and making, but and nothing made sense. But now you you look in two weeks. I mean, two weeks from now, if you don't string four, five, six together again, you're sitting 10, 12 points back and you're playing for cookies again. That's it. You're, you're playing four points. And then so at the end of the year, you can say, oh, I had a great season as a team. We grew, blah, 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 the same shit. All the cliches that every other team says that misses the playoffs, right? We'll be great next yeah. year. Yeah. We're going to make moves in the offseason and mm-hmm. just buy yourself another another season as, <laughs> from from the criticism. You know what yep. I mean? Check another year off and get paid. <laughs> All right. Let's move out west, Petey. What do you got for us? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting that you bring that up, Thomas, because... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim Rutherford's talking about Bull Horvat, and he thinks he's offered him enough money. Um, there's enough money on the table for what he's done up to this season. Right. Um, so basically, he said, but it's certainly under market value for what he's done this year. So we're in a pickle here. No, that's 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 ribs every day, right? Cousins 40 games ago wasn't worth six million and now yeah. he's worth nine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's but I, I like the honesty by Jim Rutherford because he and he's I, right. I like and he and is right. right. You you should he's not be paying <laughs> Bo Horvat for the freaking 30 goals that he has already in 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 half the season. He's not worth he's not worth that. Uh, he, he, I mean, the points and numbers you put up, right? I mean, he's he, you can say he he deserves a eleven million, eleven and a half. But before the season, you would be comfortable with an eight years by eight million. We and I thought that and, would have been, a and great that deal. would barely. 
banner that would barely for me be something that I would be comfortable with. And I'm not kidding you like Bo Horvat right now with what he's done this year, he's played 43 games, 30 goals and 48 points. So he's over a point a game and he's got 30 goals already. So he's on pace for 57. Okay. (laughs) When you look at his season in the NHL, his best season in the league has been 61 points, 27 goals. Okay. He's been a very consistent player that puts up 20, 25. Um, last year he scored 31. So he's, he, he's given you the best years of his NHL career right now. I still don't see him at an $8 million player. That's just me. I mean, right. last year, last year he had 52 points. Are you going to pay a guy $8 million a year for 52 points? I would because I played with him and I know the type of person, right? I completely, I, I know what you're saying, paying, paying him off intangibles too. Exactly. So, so a guy like you who doesn't know him personally or played with him, or maybe you do, I don't think you do. I don't. You look at his numbers and be like, that's, that's crazy. 8 million for a guy. But I played with him and I see how he works in practice. He works in the gym, the way he acts. You know, it, it was very impressive for a young guy. I mean, the Sedins really taught him well of what a pro should be and is. And he's it to a T. So that's why I'm paying him eight because I do see the skill set. He can shut down guys. He can score goals. He's powerful. He's not afraid to hit. I can see like th- he's the type of body you want in the playoff atmosphere. Here's, and the type of competitive kid. That's why I would what be do you think very they offered him? What do you think they offered him? When you when you read what what Petey just read, I think they offered him eight for eight because what did JT Miller get? I don't think they offered him that much. No way. I don't think they offered him that much either. No, I, 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 I think not... they gave. I think they gave JT Miller what eight for seven, seven or was yeah, it, it was eight something for like seven, that. It was seven like five. No, they uh, he JT Miller is making eight million dollars a year. Eight times okay. seven. I think he signed a fifty-six million dollar contract. I think so too. I think it was eight, eight times seven. I believe or seven something. So I think that was probably the initial hope to get him on the same deal. But obviously, the way it started, I think they, they, you know, there's probably discussions, and they, I think the highest they went, I would say, was eight by eight. Here's his quote: "This is Rutherford. We, I believe, have taken our best shot, and the contract that we have on the table for Bo right now, I think it is a fair contract for what he's done up until this year. But it's certainly under market value for what he's done this year. So we're in a pickle here." He's had a career year, a career run, and he's looking for his money. He deserves it. I don't blame him. He said um, Vancouver needs major surgery uh, and pursues a retool to make the team a contender once again. I still believe in the core, and I still believe that we have a lot of good players. But with that, when I talk about major surgery, well, there could could be core players that have to be moved out. It may be the way, it may be the only way that we can get significant players back where you take a core player and you can get a good young center and a good right shot defenseman. It may be the only way to do it. So now we know what he's looking for. Well, Riz, Riz always said he's not leaving Vancouver, have you not? When I said months ago that Who's he's that? getting traded for sure. I feel like Detroit's Horvat. getting ready to make a move. I, for this I don't guy. believe Horvat is going to is going to move. That's just my opinion. Okay. I think that Brock Besser is going to be a player at 6.65 is going to be on the move. He's got this year and two more years. They're going to move that salary. Okay. Um, they will sign Brock Besser, or I mean, they will sign a uh, Bo Horvat. And what, and another thing that you need to realize when you're talking about kind of surgery for Vancouver, you're talking about bringing up the younger the younger core of of players and inserting them with the JT Millers, the Bo Horvats, but another key guy that you have to realize is Elias Pettersson is coming off this year he's he's making 7.35 million and then next year he makes 7.35 million. Then he's then he's a restricted free agent again. I mean they're gonna have to pay him a lot of money. Exactly. So I think he's their target and whoever is getting traded to bring in those assets that PD just said in that quote. 
because Brock Besser ain't going to get those assets right now because he's had a couple down years. You'll be lucky to actually trade him at his full salary without retaining anything. That's the way I see it. So Horvat is 100% getting traded. Well, you know what? Here's the issue, too. And no team is going to go and sell the farm to get him because... To get who? Horvat. Because... Well, I'm well because Van, Vancouver needs to move him anyway, or they're not going to get anything for him leaving at the end of the year. Is that a theory, or is that not a theory? Like, I feel like a team. You, you can have a team like, like Arizona. A, okay, you could have a team like Arizona. Basically, puts a little, little tweet tweet in the year of of uh, of Bo Horvat's agent and says. We are super interested in in your in your guy. Do not sign anything. Do not sign anything. We'll make it worth your while. Okay, that stuff happens in the NHL. Okay, Bo Horvat's going to be an unrestricted free agent this year. There's going to be a team that steps up to the plate. How many teams out there do you think are going to go and sell the farm, like give up first round draft picks, core and key players that are in their lineup and in their in their system to go get Bo Horvat, where you're going to have to overpay him because he's playing way above his his natural statistics? I think he's a very dangerous guy to go after. And anybody who has a brain is not going to do that. They're not going to sell the farm to get him because you can get him in unrestricted free agency for for nothing. So what I think the I Sabres think are going to do with Patrick Kane. I think you're completely wrong because the teams you're talking about is the Detroits, the Sabres. Those are giving up the farm to sign him. But now you're talking, I'm talking the New York Rangers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins, the Colorado Avalanche. This, I mean, they know their window. Everyone talks about these windows. But one of those, you don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs want to get out of the first round? You think you don't think they're going to give offer two first round picks and a, and a second round pick and whatever prospect they have, and say, hey, retain half his salary, we can fit him in and put him in that lineup. We're going for it this year. They don't have two first round draft picks. <laughs> Toronto's been selling the or, or Toronto's been selling the farm. The Rangers have two first round draft picks. They the have Rangers their own do. and they have Dallas. But those are the teams I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the Sabres giving up the farm, right? The, the, those conversations for me were early on in the season. Now we're past that point where the Sabres could even entertain that, in my opinion. So Bo Horvat is going to be from now till deadline. There's going to be five, six teams who think can legitimately win the cup. I mean, what's his salary this year? Six million? Bo Horvat? I think yeah, he's at five, like five, five, two, five or something like that. Exactly. Or five, five, yeah. Now you take 50%. Which is very of, manageable for a lot of teams. Especially then if you take half away, now you're talking at two, six. He can fit into any roster in he's the at NHL five, at two, five, five. five, five. So two, seven, five. He can fit into any roster in the NHL. But you're only talking a select four to six teams. And those teams will certainly give up high picks, high prospects. I wonder. I wonder, I wonder if um, you know when when you have the Rangers, you know what their mindset is. Like, are they are they concerned of their window? Like, you have a thirty one year old Atemi Panarin. You have Mika Zibanejad, who's twenty nine. Yeah. Uh, Chris Kreider, who's thirty one. Vincent Trocheck, who's twenty nine. Barkley Goudreau, who's twenty nine. These are all older guys, mm-hmm. right? And at what time is your window of opportunity? <laughs> exactly. You know, do you do you part with an uh, Alex Lafreniere? Mm, uh, there you go. You know, or 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 a Capo Caco, and and just say, listen, I mean, we we've got to go for it this year because we have we have the team to do it. But that's my and, point. And you're you, sending you, him out you, west saying, for Bo Horvat. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, you're saying there wasn't going to be a big haul for him because you know we all know he's going to test the market. I think there's going to be a huge haul for him because guess what? If they're talking to the Rangers, you think he's going to sit there and not call Carolina or Boston and be like, do you want the New York Rangers to get Bo Horvat? Because it's looking like it unless you step up and you want him. We we all know how to, we've played the game long enough, how this goes. I mean, that's just yeah. the way it goes. I mean, I, I mean, I can actually see him in Carolina. I think he would look fantastic in that lineup. I mean, you can yeah, you can picture would. him in so many different teams. 
But that's how I go. You think he's not going to get a haul? I think he's going to get a major, major, because especially at the salary, at at, at 50% retained at 2.75, you're going to get a ton for him. And that's why the Vancouver Canucks, I think they have to trade him because you got to sign Patterson and you need some to retool. You need young players and picks. And he's the guy they can get it for. So I, I'm, I'm all right, I Thomas, you have see. me, you have there me, you bud. thank you. You know, he, he, listen, I mean, there, he is going to be a rental. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's going to be a team out there that, that goes and goes and gives away multiple first round draft picks and, you know, high end prospects and a player on their team. I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, but I do believe what you said, I, I can be talked into, there are teams that have a window of opportunity to win the Stanley cup and you need to pounce on that. And when you have a player like Bo Horvat, who his salary is not, not a $10 million salary, he's got a salary. That's a 5.5, which is much more manageable for a lot of people. I think he's, he's gonna, he's gonna garner a lot. If that's the case, I want to know, like, Bo Horvat has been the captain of this team. He's played 615 games in Vancouver, nine years. Mm-hmm. Vancouver, if you've ever been there, is absolutely beautiful. And I mean beautiful. Winter. It's one of the summer. 21 teams I played for. Yeah, I've been there. Okay. So you know how beautiful it is. <laughs> and once, you, once you're there, I mean, there's a lot of players that don't want to leave there. It's a, it's a place that it's a destination that you don't want to leave. Um, how much, how much thought do you think goes into if I sign in Vancouver, there's most likely I'm going to be taking a bit of a hometown discount, but it's worth it because I'm the captain. I've been here for nine years and I already have a home there. I'm established there. There's no moving issues. Home family. You know, he's, he's probably, he's 27 years old, turning 28. He might, might have a kid or two. Um, at what point in time does that factor into his decision? Zero. Because you know where he ends up in the summer? Toronto. And his summer home. Because that's where eventually when he's done in Vancouver, he's going to move close to where his wife's family is and his family is. So I can actually see him. He'll go anywhere. I mean, would I be shocked if he goes closer into East somewhere, ends up in Detroit, ends up in Buffalo? Big, I, I don't think I, I Rivs, you're the perfect example. You hated Buffalo. And now where do you live the last 15 years? Yeah. I listen. I mean, I didn't want to come to Buffalo. There's no question. Um, right. But and you being you, here now, uh, this is right. the, the decision to stay here is not just my own. It's, it's my, my kids, the schooling, yep. um, the, the people that I've met the the athletic part of thing the 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 sports it's like the entire demeanor of buffalo real i really like i like the people the the hard working people here at buffalo and that's where i want my my kids to to be brought up exactly i mean for and that's what i'm saying again, like i look at bo horvat but you got to you do have to understand nine years nine years but he's got two kids i believe and both very young so that that's you're not yeah. worried about school. So they're again. not, they're not in like, the schooling systems and things like that. And, and, and I think that right. means a lot. I mean, my last couple of years, I moved on my own and Ashley and the boys would come out and, you know, come and see me as, as much as they could. And on my days off, I would fly back. The main reason was because, I mean, we had kids young and our boys were in school and it wasn't fair to my kids to keep moving schools to continue you know, for me playing. And then that's just reality. But when you are a young family, you think that that, that two-year-old is going to give a shit if he lives in Vancouver or if he lives in Buffalo or, I mean, th- those decisions come in later in life, especially when you have kids who are older and in school and in sports, then it gets hard. But for him, that house is going to sell more in Vancouver than what he bought it for. So there's, it, I, I think sometimes people overthink this, this hometown discount and this, He's going to get his money wherever he wants. Where's he from? I'm looking at it right now. Can anyone tell me? Don't look, Riv. Yeah, Riv. I already know. He's from London, Ontario. London, yeah. London is two hours 
from yeah. Detroit. Yeah. And I, I think that he's he's an Iserman type of player. Hundred percent. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like so, Iserman's uh, probably lick and and who knows what's gonna happen with Dylan Larkin. And maybe they need to bring in a Bo Horvat in order to keep a Dylan Larkin. Well, well, are, I mean, are no, they not discussing a contract themselves right now with Dylan Larkin? I think they are. I think I think Dylan's a Detroit kid. He's a, yeah, I mean, he would stay in a heartbeat to continue. Oh, so he's going to take a hometown discount, Thomas. But it's situations, right? Is 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 Bo Horvat from Vancouver? Is his family live down the street from him? He's just the captain, Riv. I mean, like I shouldn't say just the captain, but he's the captain. He's, he's been the there a captain. long time, but that's it's not a hometown discount. Doesn't matter. You're like Petey, he's lived there for a decade. He's lived there for a decade in well, this. Obviously, city. obviously he's not taking a hometown discount or he would have been signed, don't you think? No, because I think I think there's a lot of time. I think there's a lot <laughs> of time. I do. I do. I don't think Rutherford's going to the media saying we're in a pickle if he's fucking exactly. ready to take a hometown he's, discount. And then Jesus. today he's going to announce, oh, yeah, we, we got him. We got to try to get Van to make a stupid comment, Riv. He's the only one that hasn't made one yet. Yeah, I think I think he's going to go to Detroit. And if I'm the Sabres, here's my trade again for Kevin. If he's listening, go get Bertuzzi out of Detroit. I think they, you know, I think he's been injured there. I think it's change the scenery might be good for him. And he's the type of player I want in my lineup. So I will ask you this. He is uh, 27 years old, mm-hmm. making $4.75 million. Love it. Um, 6'1", 200 pounds. He's mm-hmm. from Sudbury, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Northern boy. How much money do you pay him? He is an unrestricted free agent. Well, uh, give me a stats last year. 30 goals, 30 goals, 62 points, 68 games. Mm -hmm. How about the year before? Similar 71 games. Uh, he was hurt the next year. He only played nine games, but had five goals and seven points. The year before that, he had 71 games played, 21 goals, 27 assists, 48 points. I think it might take six times six to get him. Could you imagine throwing him on the wing on Dylan Cousins' line? Done. I would love it. I would love it. Those two together would be so fun to watch. No fear. Going hard to that. Yes. And I I think a six for six deal is, is fair on both sides, right? He's a good player. He's been injured. Bye-bye, Casey. Bye-bye, What do you have to give to get him? Oposo's $6 million goes to one, and now you got $7 bucks right there. I don't know what you have to give Oposo's goes to one. Exactly. He goes to one, so so the money is there. The freaking last game, you watch the last game? By far the best player on the ice. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But okay. he's not making he's not making two million bucks next year as a thirty seven year old guy on the team. I'm sorry. Thirty seven. I think Detroit's gonna. I think Detroit has enough picks. I think they're gonna look for a, a roster player that's making less because you know they got they got Vrana now in the minors making five and a half. They got the the goalie, um, Nedeljkovic. Is that how you said? Yeah. Rivs, help me out. Uh, yeah, that sounds good to me, bud. <laughs> so he's in a mine. So they got ten million in the minors, right? Yeah. So I think for Iserman, he he's he's not going to look for a pick, in my opinion. He's going to look. And for me, if I'm a Buffalo player or Buffalo, I think I give him Casey Middlestad, and I think he's a promising young player who's who's good, who can play. And then you know, is that something Detroit? Might Do you give him a second? Idea. They Buffalo is three second round picks. I don't think middle stat for Bertuzzi is enough, to be honest with you. Then, but. then you throw in again, and I, I'm, I mean, I don't have Stevie's number, otherwise I'll call him right now and ask. But yeah, we can throw in a second. That's fine too. But yeah, I'll take Bertuzzi off your hands and give him six. You know, I'll try at five and maybe hopefully settle at six by six. And my second line set is set with Cousins and him. And I think the the, the third winger, you rotate in whoever you want. That would be nice. That would I be think nice. actually, then you put Quinn on that line because you have two horses and with a shooter. Yeah, man, that's a legit line. And, and that puts you in a situation where you're going to have JJ Paterka, who's 20 years old, turning 21, and he's going to be on the third line. That's There's just it is what it is, and that's not a bad that's not a bad thing. You don't have to nope. have the one, two, three, four lines. Like when you're in a situation that you have. 
you know, top end lines, you just send them out there. You got to have a great top nine, um, to be super competitive in this, in this game today and having a JJ Paterka, let's just say hypothetically, um, on your third line, I mean, you're going to become a really, really strong team immediately. Hell yeah. And I like like the way Bertuzzi plays. He plays with that edge, plays with jam, but he's also a highly, highly skilled hockey player. Anything else we're forgetting today, Thomas? What are we leaving out? (sighs) I don't know. I'm, I'm tired now. I got to go back to shovel the rink. Got some more snow. So that's, that's, that's the plan now for the next hour. Have you been watching? Uh, you watch any of this uh, Netflix series, uh, Breakpoint or whatever? The yeah, started yesterday. How, yes. Have you seen the first episode? First episode. That's all I watched so far. He's now awesome. my new. He's now my Breakpoint? new point. Breakpoint. Uh, point yes. break or break point. Breakpoint. Yeah, yeah. yeah break it's, point. it's a tennis uh, phrase, PD. I, I always wonder. Yeah. <laughs> point breaks the movie with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I knew I was getting them mixed up. Um, well, how unbelievable is this? Like, even you know, that's the thing. Like these Formula Ones, the I know the, they, they the, suck you, you in, but they do a great job. The golf one's coming out too, February fifteenth. Yeah, I can't wait for that either. It's, and the yeah. new Formula One comes out February twenty fourth. I know. So it's uh, know, so much to do. But this Breakpoint, man, oh my God, Riv, you you got to see this. I always wondered what uh, Kyrgios. What tennis players do in between matches and where do they eat their meals and how do they warm up? Are they in their own locker rooms and they're all in the same locker room? Like, oh, all, yeah. it's so weird. It's such a lonely sport, but yet you're around your competitors all the time. And yeah, I mean, a lot of them are really good friends, right? And they're, they're they warm up together. They train together. And I mean, you have to be because it's, a, it's just like golf, you know, I mean, look at golf. I mean, Thomas, Spieth. Ricky and they're all best buddies. I mean, how lonely would it be to play an individual sport and then not have any friends on the tour and just play golf by yourself the whole just time? Just jumping on each other's private jets, flying <laughs> to the golf course. I know. Awesome. That sucks. Anyway, check it out. Yeah. I mean, each week we add a new player to the Sabres. Man, our team would look pretty good if the three of us would run it. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Rivet 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.